Welcome to episode 172 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 172 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz. Do you know what I haven't done? What? Got the glasses of water. Oh dear, you've had a shave though. So have you actually, haven't you? We've both had a shave. Looking smooth. Got some good razors too. Good razor makes a difference, eh? You're looking for a sponsor there, Bevan? Maybe I am. But you don't want too good a razor because then you get too sharp. But when you kiss your partner, they don't like it. I find cheaper razors make it more of a softer hair. I think we've got to stop having these uh, interesting conversations before the show. <laughs> Your listeners will be thinking, what the heck? I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com Honestly, it's a good time of year, especially if you're in New Zealand right now after the cold winter. Mm. Get some coffee. Trybuyers.com Get a good deal wherever you are in the world. It's a no-brainer. And Athlinks.com Get on there. Get out. Hang out for your mates. Let them know how good you are and how bad they are. And they're right. better than you. And That's then, right. Don't get them on there. All right, what have we got happening this week? We've got... Where's my little notes over here? We've got a bit of news. We've got age group of the week. Coach's Corner. You're going to be talking about the run-walk strategy? Third week in a row. Yeah, I reckon. Well, the the run-walk revolution <laughs> well, has begun. As Ricardo said, we're taking it to the world. And we've got quite a few questions and answers at the end. So first of all, news brought to you by Xtro. Remember, go on there, check out the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the pros. And we we're going to talk about results first, but something's come up, and I think we should talk about that first. Yeah, we just uh, literally before the recording of the show, I just had a quick search through the triathlon sites and saw Chrissy Wellington is no longer being coached by Simon Lessing. So... As I was saying to Bevan, you're kind of on a hiding to nothing when you when you take on Christy Wellington or somebody like that because she's either going to carry on winning and nobody's really going to give you a lot of credit. Yeah. Or she's you, she's she, going to you're coach at the time she loses and then everyone's like, oh terrible coach. Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting one because she's yeah she obviously almost started working with Cliff English and whatever happened there. Well, she um, left Team BB and she had success with Brett yeah. Sutton and then which she probably would have given her a lot of credit for at that stage, but she's gone on to prove that she can keep going, hasn't yeah. she? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch that space, see what happens from here on in. Does, does it make Chrissy look bad? I think it makes, I think it does a, a little bit. You know, I think one of the things, and all co- most coaches, and myself included, are guilty of sometimes not getting everything sorted out up front, exactly how um, the relationship's going to work. Yep. And maybe she, she didn't do that. Maybe her expectations were different to you know, Cliff English and then um, Simon Lessing, because especially Cliff English, she's got a proven track record of coaching. You know? yeah. Simon Lessing's pretty, pretty new to the game, but... Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think you know the, the danger for her, she, whether she has or hasn't got a manager these days. I think that's probably going to be the big thing because when commitments really start eating into your time, that's when it can affect affect your training. So I think first step for her is to make sure she's got a manager, and if she hasn't, yeah. needs to get onto that. And then second step, coaching. I wouldn't be so concerned if she was a long term experienced athlete who'd been around the block for a long time, but she hasn't been. She's two time world champion, but she's still pretty inexperienced. So hmm, don't know. Mm, that is really interesting, isn't it? I, I do wonder if she'll end up getting another coach or will she just train herself? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets covert coaching for Brett Sutton. You know, oh, maybe. really? I, I, you know, it works, seems to work for her, and she always talks about how wonderful it was. So, you know, I think for um, you know, financial reasons, it's probably why she didn't stay with the team, but just through sponsorship was, was a bit limited. So I think um, yeah, that seemed to be when she was happy. One thing we know of Chrissy is she is an intelligent woman. Like she's mm. not, you know, a floozy kind of dumb yeah. woman. Not that <laughs> sound that way, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but she, you know, she's really intelligent. She's a smart girl, and she's obviously a brilliant, brilliant athlete. So, mm. you know, maybe there's more than meets the eye with this one. Mm. Okay, then, so results happening last weekend. We had the Norseman. Norseman. Yes, and you know what you get when you win the Norseman? A black t-shirt. Everybody gets a black t-shirt, don't they? Well, a winner's black t-shirt. Okay, yeah, very that's, nice. That's pretty cool. Wear that with pride. Yeah, you could be like a motorbike rider. Hopefully they don't give them out like they do the sub-nine-hour t-shirts to non, <laughs> non-sub-nine-hour athletes so they do it right. Anyway, Suzanne uh, Brucknell from Rote, Germany, uh, almost broke the course record and Tom... Remen had one of the closest finish in Norseman Extreme Triathlon. Uh, Apparently it's pretty close in the run. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a look at the results in a second. Um, so I couldn't find the results. So we just did. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll just have to go off what's on k226.com. Yeah. 
But so, apparently Tom came second last year. Yeah. So and he came back and he was determined to win it this year. And uh, Daniel, what's his name? Blanken Fluland. Nice. Yeah, did pretty well there, didn't he? Of Germany was was there was a pretty close race, but he managed to get him in the last bit of the run. Nice. Because that's the thing. If you blow up on the, a run like that, <clears throat> where it's straight uphill, three minutes was the win. Wow, that's that's close. pretty close in a race like that. Yeah. Eh? And yeah. you'd be able to see the person sort of going because there'd be nobody else on the mountain. You'd just be able to see them up in front of you, just slowly going off yeah. in the distance. Break your heart. Uh, I'd love to do that event. This, if, if I were to do a long course event again, I'd do something like that. 9,000 feet of climbing, yeah. elevation gain on the bike. Yeah. 5,000 marath- feet in the run, isn't it? The marathon goes up, uh, rises 1,850 metres in the last 17k. Yeah. Uh, so the finishing time was for the female was uh, thirteen twenty one, and for the men uh, it doesn't actually say. Oh, maybe on somewhere else. Here it is. Uh, I think he did. Uh, can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? No. He had a fantastic day though. Yeah, I think it did, oh, 11.19. 11.19. That's pretty bloody good when you consider that course. I wonder what Bjorn's record was. I think it was sub. It was under 11. It was 10-something. I'm pretty did sure he? of that. Anyway. He was the only one to finish that day, wasn't he? I think you're right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was snowing snow, up. snowed in. Anyway, great race. <clears throat> Very limited numbers at, in terms of, I think they only 230. accept... Yeah, they only accept 300, I think, and, or 250 maybe in the result, uh, the application. So if you want to check it out for next year, NX, uh, nxtri.com. And uh, you need to get <laughs> Imagine the feeling of relief when you got to the top of that mountain. Oh, yeah. uh, that'd be, how do you get back down? I think you go down a cable car or something, don't you? I don't think you do. I remember seem to recall that you had to... Well, maybe you do. I don't know. We'll have to find that one out. Okay, then. Uh, we also had the long course check race, basically. Don't know if we've got any results there. That, no, that I couldn't find there. them. Can't, you can't, your check's not so good. Your check uh, no. language... And we also had the Elsmere Triathlon in Germany. And that was that other real badass race, wasn't it? Yep, and uh, again, results are in German, so we're having a fantastic day. And then finally, <laughs> some more results we didn't get were the... Uh, Hawaii Revisited. Hawaii Revisited, which is not so much of a race. We did get results for the Kilmar Trial in Sweden, and good news. Yeah, it was actually, that was the weekend before. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. We haven't actually had him on, so I don't know if we can him on the well, show. Well, he knows us. Yeah. Uh, Klaus Bjorling's back in the winner's circle. Yeah, it's good to see him back, eh? It is fast day, they're pretty fast day there for some of those athletes. Um, Klaus is swimming uh, whilst he's back on track. His swimming has not improved. <laughs> he did a 101 for the swim, 434 on the bike, and a 247 marathon. So he ripped the marathon to pieces, and that's the way he he's always has raced. He's been out for what, three years now. Yep, three years. Uh, I think the last race he did was uh, Ironman UK when he got second there, and then got some pretty serious chronic overtraining. He got shingles, didn't he? Yeah, plus yeah. a few uh, just general. Uh, chronic overtraining syndrome. Um, so good to see him back. Um, and clustered overtrain. He was an animal, eh? Him mm. and Gordo used to just do the craziest things, eh? Mm. He would just train, train, train. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to, maybe we should get him on the show because it'd be interesting to talk to him about if his training, his approach has actually changed now. Because yeah. he was a real extreme trainer, wasn't he? And yep. has he changed it to be a different focus in yeah. the way he trains? Ted Ars was second. Great he, name. He's, I've actually raced him. I raced him uh, in Japan, must have been about 2001. He was he was pretty ordinary back then, yep. to be honest. Um, so he's improved a lot. He did a yeah, 8.28 there and rode a 4.26. So it must have been a very, very fast day on the um, Yeah, because there was lots there. of like 4.30s, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Christian Halston was third in 8.44. And we couldn't find the good results. No, I just got that sent through from Klaus, so I couldn't actually... Uh, oh, he's a friend of the show then, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's friend of the show material, that That's is. Right. When the winner sends through the results. Okay, we also got an email through from Daryl Carter and saying that we actually missed the results for Ironman WK, double Ironman in the UK like, yeah. a couple of weekends ago. Yep. And good old Nick Holmes, and he was a little bit older old Nick Holmes, wasn't he? He was, like, he was 50 plus, wasn't he? Yeah. And, uh, Not he, that said, I'll be even. No, well, we, well, come on, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pick on me on this one, we've talked about it enough. Um, he took it out in the time of 23 hours and 48 minutes, and I was reading a report on the race, and it's the first race he's ever won in his life. Really? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Eh? It's pretty. It's pretty good going. I mean, it was. It was not like there was only five of them doing them. There was what, about thirty odd uh, finishing. I think forty six. That's a not a bad number for a, for a double yeah. double Ironman. So he did well. Two twenty one swim. Yeah. Twelve fifty seven on the bike and eight twenty eight. He just killed it on the run to come home in twenty three forty eight. So he broke the twenty four hour barrier. 
But uh, Paul Thompson was in second. How'd they go? Do you know how they went about doing it? They just do continuous swim? I, I, I don't exactly know, but I think that by the look of the splits, they'd basically do a swim, bike, run, and you just took as long as you wanted to take to do it. Would you like to do it that way? Or would you like to do it as in two Ironmans? I'd rather do it straight. Yeah, so straight. It'd be interesting doing two Ironmans, but wouldn't it? Because it'd kill you more, I reckon. It'd be pretty tough getting back into the swim after yeah. doing an Ironman. Yeah. But anyway, Paul Thompson, he looked like he had the race sealed after the swim bike. He had a oh, 201 and a 12.13. Faded on the run. He must have had about a one-hour lead or so there, and then faded on the run with a 10-hour 10 marathon, yeah. or a double marathon. And Anthony Gurundidini was third. Girls, Bevan. And who we got? We've got Monique. Uh, Hollingshed 27.46 And then Catherine Phillip 28.51 And Only two female finishes You actually turned up as a female You would have got third place But first female was 10th overall Pretty solid Yeah it's awesome isn't it 10th out And that's out again We see out of 46 9th overall 9th Nice Very nice Solid Solid effort Okay and then Anything else coming up this weekend We've got Ember Man Ember Man is coming up this weekend, and again, classic race, one of the ones, a uh, very, very long-standing race. I don't know what edition it is, but I think it's about the 20th. Legend race. If you want a tough one, like Norseman, this is this is one to you go over several passes, uh, and they get good numbers. It's a big race. Interesting to see when we get to like the 100th Ironman, you know, like 100 years from now, or 75 years from now, when we have Ironman Kona. Are you right there? He's going to sneeze. He's, he's losing it. He's losing it. Are you, oh, he held it in. Are you right? Oh, no, no. Better out than in. Okay, you've also got short course ITU heads to London. That's right, London Olympics. All you try talkers and you, you pirates will be loving it. Yeah, first time they're going to be using the same course they'll be using for the uh, London Games. What's the course like? Flat. It's going to be a shit course. Uh, why do they do that? <laughs> oh, they've got to have it in central London. There's not really many hills in central London where they can have it. So, it's yeah. Unfortunately, this one is going to be just a, uh, a running race. I would imagine. That was a bit like last year, wasn't it? Uh, when the, the one in Beijing did have some hills in it, so it did, that did spice it up a little bit, did take a bit of zing out of the legs, but this one is a pancake, so if people are going to get away, they're going to need to get away in the swim. So who's the other this weekend? Are there any good ones there? Oh, all the good ones will be Oh, there. so they're all the yeah. others. Oh, okay, yeah. so it's a good race be, this weekend. It'll be a good race. Hopefully they get split, split up in the swim and then uh, stays broken up on the bike. Who's going to take it? John's oh, prediction. Well, he, Emma Moffat will just kill everybody and the girls, and then on the guys' side of things, the guys is uh, it's so close, close so... If Brownlee's racing, you expect him to win. There's also uh, Germany 70.3 this weekend and a whole other bunch of 70.3s. No Ironmans for the next uh, couple of weeks. Okay, so discussion of the week last week. Full Force Vegan sent through the question, should people be able to take a slot in a lower age group category when their time is higher than someone who fails to get the slot in the um, category above? See, I think I... Yeah, we worded it, wrong. it yeah. slightly wrongly. It's yeah. more, it's more. If you're older and you're faster. So let's say for example, I'm 30 and I do a 9:20, and I don't get the slot. So I, there's only five slots in my age group. I get sixth, but then there's a guy who's 50 who does like a 9:15, beats me. Should he be able to get the slot with six in my age group? That was kind of the question, wasn't it? I think you just confused me. Uh, I think you do it the other way around. If you're 45 and you do a say a 10 hour race, yep. and somebody in, uh, and you don't get a slot. And somebody in the lower age group does a slower time, but they get a slot, so they do a ten fifteen. Should you be able to get the slot? I don't know if that's what you just said. No, no, no. Because what he's saying is that <laughs> let's say in the younger age group, you're the person in the roll down. So right. if you fail to get the age group slot in that category above, oh, okay. Or maybe not. Let me read this again. Oh, think, maybe, well, no, he's really stipulated. <laughs> let's, let's let's figure it out as we go. Let, Back it up. He's got. Let, let's let's get people's comments on the question. We don't really know what you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> Vegan says, back it up. It's simple enough. So oh, here we go. He's giving detailed well, answers. So here's the deal. Ironman Vegan has just been raced. Has just raced. The slots have been distributed as normal. One per age group. Ironman Vegan, the, I like that. And the rest spread out, uh, determined based on numbers. So we look at the slots, and there's five for the male age group, 30 to 34. Four for 35 to 39, but only one for the 50 to 54. Bob is 53, and the great race getting second in his age group with a time of 10.05. Nice, fast time, Bob. The last slot in the 30-34 goes to Dave in a time of 10.12. Oh, disappointing, Dave. Yeah, so Dave, who was in that 30-34, was slower than Bob, Ooh. who was 50, Yeah. Um, but Bob doesn't get a slot. Not that Bob's old. Is that right, that Dave, who is 32 and is slower than Bob, who is 53, gets to keep a Kona slot? Should it be that for age groups with the majority of slots should only be able to take them if there weren't people who are faster than them in the older age group? 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, people in the older uh, group should be protected, i.e. Steve, 68, who wins his slot, uh, shouldn't need to compete in the 30-34, but if he races quicker, should he take one of their slots if he missed out on the single spot slot? I personally think you need to be faster than the rest of the field as well as your age group. So if someone misses uh, a slot due to low numbers in his age group but goes faster than somebody who should qualify in its age group, then it should get their slot. Okay, I'm going to go to Mason Boyles. He's saying, no way! No way. Yeah, he's shattered. It's been shattered, shattered your ball caps. Yeah. Uh, this takes away the idea of the age group. Each age group is its own individual race to see who qualifies. That's why different age group groups go off at different waves. Also, what if some 18-year-old won his age group, but a 30-year-old was faster than him? Does that mean that the youngster should forfeit his slot for a more athletically developed man or lady? He put man, but I added the man or lady. Okay, Heath McBride, the older, faster racer, should um, be given the opportunity to purchase a slot from the younger age group grouper for a dollar amount per minute beaten, determined by the younger age. Nice. By the younger, slower. Capitalism at its best. (laughs) Younger dude probably needs the money, and the older dude probably has the money. Younger dude probably can qualify elsewhere and has uh, has the years to do it. Simply demand, um, supply and demand for an Ironman. Can't believe WTC hasn't come up with this idea already. They could get 10% of the sale and give it to the pros. Yeah, and they'll probably go for more 25% knowing WTC. I mean, they'll keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew T Rex of Tricur. Um, but what if they were way bigger numbers for coffin dodgers and consequently uh, get a way bigger share of the slots than the younger bucks? I'm sure this already happens in age groups like 40 to 44 or 45 to 49. Uh, there are all slots of age-adjusted formulas for calculating times. So if you are advocating using them here as well, Fegan, full force, constant deliverer, nice, you got all the names in. <laughs> Mr. Consistency. Oh, yeah. Consistency, sorry. So, (laughs) um, as all the faster people qualify, do we just sign more waivers for the WTC use of some formula that they come up with randomly rather than the current fairly transparent one? I know. We'll let the IM talk boys ask the WTC. They're bound to challenge them on all points. (laughs) Well, we didn't really do that well. Come on, guys. Let's get the WTC and Felix in the room and let them fight it out. Okay, Andrew Brinsearch. I think you should keep the slot um, earned. Uh, it would be unfair to take it as you earned and paid for it. This would just be another chance for WTC to make money. Well, Chris Leach has come in and said, I think Vegan needs to listen to his iPod a little more when running instead of thinking questions like this. <laughs> Laying the snake down. You're basically saying faster age groupers should get more slots. Listen to TriTalk's podcast on USAT. TriTalk's another podcast, isn't it? Yeah. It's American one. And they talk about the American uh, Triathlon Association's rankings, which requires an hour of talking to explain. I don't think we have anything that convoluted, which is what would be required to allot slots based on age group speed. Your thoughts? I think what they do at the moment is pretty fair. Yeah. Um, but I guess you could have a few discretionary spots at the end of the but day. But it would suck. Let's say you're oh, 50 yeah. and you do, you do like a 9 and a 9.30 and mm. some guy in the 30 age time slot mm. does like a 10 and he gets a slot. It would mm. break your heart, wouldn't it? So maybe um, you know, at, a, at a race like New Zealand where they've got 80 slots, maybe you could have, I don't know, maybe three men's slots and two women's slots for the fastest age groupers or something something like that I'm not quite sure I, I, re- I think it's we're, we're both yeah. confused by it well, what you, maybe you could do is you could say okay well the slots in your age group if you get your, let's say you get third you get your slot and then what happens is all the roll downs go into the best times you know what I mean so like if you get yeah. third you get your slot yeah. if you get fourth and it was a roll down well then it depends on your time based on all age groups I can see your point but I think that's, that's, that's yeah. going to take away from the older the, athletes, the older athletes. Yeah. They're gonna, then they're going to be having no, less, less slots yeah. so it's a, it's a complicated one and I don't think there's an easy I answer I think it just needs to stay here it is I think so yeah yep. but then this week's question sucks <laughs> yeah. we, we Wait a second. I'll find another question. You keep what, was, what was this question? Oh, was question? Like, should they change the slots? <laughs> was it? Uh, should it be, the slots be based on actual numbers? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll come back to you with a, with a topic for this week. Wait, no, no, no. I've got one here. You keep talking. Okay. Uh, you tell me about what, what well, you've been doing. Basically, as it stands at the moment, we got a little confused last year in terms of last week in terms of the ages. And I checked the Ironman New Zealand. Um, Site and so for for Ironman New Zealand races and I think most other ones now your age on the day is what it is at the thirty first of that year. So the ra- race in New Zealand says on March the sixth, 
Um, if you're 24, if you turn whatever you turn in that year, that is the age you're going to race on. So if you're 24 and you turn 25 on the 6th of July, great day that one. Um, so you race, yeah, you race uh, as that age. So you'd race as a 25 year old. So you age up. So you, the, the age you race Ironman New Zealand will be the same age that you race, say Kona, if you qualified. Do you want to do the tattoo discussion again? It's been a week. We've done it before. Um, Fred, Fred got a tattoo, and he's and he's kind of got this problem where he doesn't like the fact that now it's an equity firm, and he's right. got the tattoo. Okay. Do, 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 no. Okay. What's up? Well, let's think of one real quickly. Let's, let's do an off triathlon topic. Okay. Your favorite, your top five movies cookbooks. of all time. No, no. We cookbooks. did cookbooks. Cookbooks. We're going to do your top five movies of all time. Top. Top two, top five's too many. You can't name five, John, but everyone else no, can. Okay. Top five movies of all time. Shawshank will be in there, I guarantee it. Okay. Did you like Shawshank? Yeah, Shawshank was good. Is it in your top five? I have to think about okay, that. Okay, we'll see. Get you thinking. <sighs> top five movies of all time. So we get to know each other on a more personal level now. Or cookbooks. If you've got any good cookbooks, you can put them in as well. So it's a double whammy this week. Any good triathlon cookbooks? Okay. Triathlon cookbooks. <laughs> Are there any? Sports cookbooks then. <laughs> Jeez. Top five movies of all time. I'm looking forward to this one. I like movies, John. And cookbooks. <laughs> Here's the music. Age Grouper of the Week. And this one here, we can't actually tell who sent through. Because somebody wants to stay anonymous. And they kill that person. Kill the person who is the Age Group of the Week would kill them if she knew I nominated them. Yes, and good old Jenny Timms is the Age Group of the Week who knocked one hours and 40 minutes off your 70.3 PB. Wow, that's pretty awesome. It is. Because that's not an Iron Man, it's yeah. 70.3. Going from 7 hours and 31 minutes last year at um, half UK in, in the UK, sorry, down to 5.52 in the Wimbledon event this year. Combination with studying for a PhD and a part-time job is a great achievement and worthy of age grouper of the week. She finished 15th overall and third in her age group, uh, missing out on qualifying for the world champs and clearly water by one slot. I thought they just gave those things away. Yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> that makes it worse. Uh, then on a course like Wimbledon, which is widely regarded as one of the most sa- uh, savage 70.3 courses in the world, so she did a really hard event as well. And we've got a backup email from uh, this person who doesn't like to be named saying that she actually took part in a local 100-mile charity ride in the weekend and had uh, someone drop down in a water bottle in front of her and she had a bit of a crash and disappeared over the bars and ended up going to hospital in the air ambulance, which would kind of suck. I donated some money to the air ambulance the other day. Did you? Good man. 55 bucks and nice. you get a free helicopter. Oh, see, that was a thing. <laughs> there was something free there. <laughs> there was a catch. Nice. And Thomas for Thomas. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and she was in doubt that she would actually turn up and do Ironman UK, but then I actually went and did some peas, John. Oh, I tried to do peas, but it didn't come up. I did my peas, and nice. she actually did it. She finished Ironman UK in a time of 12.50.15 with a swim of 1.29, a bike of just under seven hours, and a 4.07 marathon, which is bloody good marathon time. Nice. Yeah. So. Very solid. Very good effort. Very good. That is an amazing improvement. Hey? One hour 40. You should name the person who nominated her. Do you want me to? I can do it. I probably should. Uh, Shall we? Let's just. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, you talk. Yeah, that, that is a pretty good effort, but isn't it? It is, Jenny. Very solid. I assume it? you must be a listener. Well, let's just say if Alan Pope did it, <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking, but that's okay. Okay, it's out now. Okay. Well, you shouldn't joke like that. Oh dear. Well, Alan, sorry, that was John's fault. <laughs> You're sending emails, you're putting it out there. Oh dear. But Jennifer, what is it? Jenny Timms? Jenny Timms, you are our age group of the week. week. Love your work, Jenny. Sorry, Alan, that was John's fault. <laughs> oh. Website of the week. Okay, so good old Ben Barnett sent through this one, and it's uh, it's a little bit different. It's not Iron Man related, but yeah, John tri- loved it, didn't you? It's classic. I, and I have to admit, I went and watched it, yeah. and I have to admit, I loved it too. So it's, uh, it's old U- school. It's a YouTube clip. You can go on there, and uh, we'll have a link on the site. And it goes back to the Formula One racing series in Australia. Formula One not being the racing cars, but it used to be a, a series held in Australia. It was a really different sort of triathlon where they... Tell me about it. ...used to do sh- short super sprint triathlons. Mm-hmm. They'd do reverse 
order triathlons you do um, an eliminator which was basically you do a triathlon the last couple of maybe the last four people would get eliminated you do another one the next four would get eliminated and you do another one the next four would get eliminated how many would they do uh, oh, they do, do you know, a good three or four. Really? Um, just real short, sharp stuff. And it used to be part of a great... But how much of a gap would they have between them? Oh, I, I don't remember exactly, but it wasn't ridiculous. You know, maybe maybe 20 minutes or so. Really? Yeah. But it used to be part of this great series in Australia that... that um, and it was big in Australia back in the day, wasn't oh, it? it was. Big yeah. crowds. They big used to TV. Have, Uncle and... Toby's used to do the series as well. With it, and they got all sports down. They used to have Surf Life Save, and they used to have Triathlon, they used to have some swimming oh, events. Oh, okay, so it was a big day type um, of thing. Yeah, but, but it, was, it was great racing, and, and I'm not sure if there's more links up there. Um, but somebody's put one of the Formula yeah, no, One races is. up yep. there, and it's, uh, it's bloody good stuff. So if you want to see old school racing, and the way we should, you know, if somebody with a good marketing brain on their sides and, and good TV connections, they could really make short course racing exciting again. And there was great money. We've talked about guys like Craig Alexander and Chris McCormick about this. It was good money for those guys, and and it was fairly evenly distributed. So if you were, you know, if you were still getting twentieth in the series, you were still getting a payday. Yeah. Um, and so. It, so athletes really could survive and actually develop young guys as well. And it was the best thing for Australian triathlon. When this was going, they were just so dominant in, in short course racing all around the world. It was, wasn't so what happened fun. to it? Just lost its money? Just lost the, the, I think they just lost the sponsor and um, it all dried up. And since then, Australia have been going backwards in short course racing. They're still good. Well, but, it was um, interesting watching it because I, like, I wasn't around in triathlon that, those days. Mm. But I did know a lot of the names because they're still around now. And, and you know, obviously, they're probably towards the end of their careers. But it was, mm. it was fascinating watching it. Mm. Yeah. So get on there. We'll have a YouTube link. And uh, if you ever have any good, really good triathlon clips of things we maybe don't discuss that are on YouTube, just flick them through to you and we'd, uh, I'd love to watch them and we'll get them out there. Yeah, it was an interesting race too, wasn't it? Okay, I remember. I it. didn't watch it. I watched it ages ago. But, um, yeah, I seem to record it being uh, good, good stuff. Okay, so that's our. Uh, Here's some more music. Coach's Corner. Did you watch the telephone? We did watch a little bit, donated to that. So did I. Got got somebody a rain jacket. Nice. We had a telephone in New Zealand, and it used to be a big thing in New Zealand years ago, wasn't it? Great for kids. Yeah, yeah, and it's still on. Oh, like it was a, very successful. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was it's a really nice community kind of thing, eh? Mm. Yeah, good. I liked it. I'm glad you enjoyed it because some people were a bit cynical, John. Oh, no. no. Some people were good. haters. That's what they call them, the haters. haters. It was reasonably good entertainment, a lot of it as well. They had some yeah. great you know, up-and-coming groups and yeah. cultural groups, so I thought it was great. It was great. Okay, so Coach's Corner. So a few weeks ago, we had Bobby McGee on the show and... It really brought maybe a different way of thinking about doing the running in, in an Ironman or in basically any kind of running, really. And we've had a lot of discussion and a lot of emails from people about it. And so we thought, well, you thought you'd do a bit more detail on it. It's the most feedback I think we've had on any topic, and yeah. especially if just people in Christchurch. Like if pretty much everybody's been coming up to me who listens to the show says, oh, that was really interesting. I'm going to yeah. going to give that a go. And yeah. it, it, to be honest, it's not something that's like it's not brand new it's been around for quite a while Jeff, but as Jeff Gordon said John we've taken it to the world because we, we are the world, world of triathlon so it, it is the uh, the run walk revolution we're going to be calling it ok so you want me to do it like an interview uh, oh, no, I'll just talk through it ok it, it's just some things I thought I'd um, give you guys feedback on my experience with it, with it so far um, and some tips and some things to maybe just be a little bit aware of ok um, and so some of the key points I think Bobby and Gordo both went over and this is some of the key things that I've um, found as well is you need you know you need to learn how to walk fast if you're just going to amble along you so it's not a plot it's not like you're going into your normal walk to the shop no, pace you got to practice you got to practice walking fast so you got to keep your arm carriage the same as when you run um, which is really critical because that helps you with your, your cadence and that's my second main point is you've got to get, try to get your cadence up high um, so my walking cadence at the moment is around about 80 to 85 and when I'm running at a, at a moderately hard pace my running cadence is about 95 so there's about 10 to 15 um, so when, difference when you do it when you go from doing your, you know, your running cadence of 95 down to 85 85 walking cadence is quite fast is it still oh, quite it intense? it is um, and, and over time you become more efficient at it so it's, it's still e- it is reasonably intense but it's still easier than running yeah. um, when you're running at a good pace in the yeah. pace and the impact um, but it's like you've got to practice and you've got to become more efficient at it. So you want to get faster, but you also want to become more efficient. So yep. the more you do it, um, the, the better. Um, and 
it, my point is you got to practice um, re- regularly in training. Don't just save this to, for racing. Yeah. So the, the key points here is you need to practice, practice it because it helps to avoid cramping, and that's a real danger, and that's a feedback I've had from athletes, and I think Gordo might have mentioned it as well. When you're transitioning from, from run to walk or walk to run, um, there is quite a change in movement, and you're quite a reasonable risk of cramping in your calves, um, especially when you've been going for, for quite a long yep. time. So you need to practice that in training. You need to practice it when you're doing your, your harder runs, your interval runs. You need to, to get that transition going really smoothly. Um, and you also need to train your mind, your mind to get into a good routine, and, and I think you'll automatically get a little bit of a clock going in your head. Um, obviously, you have your clock going on your watch, but you'll, you'll remember to, to get into the routine of run walking, and that's something I've fallen off a couple of times with some of my longer runs. You just get into the old the groove of running running long, and you're all of a sudden you've forgotten to uh, do your one-minute walks. So. So, so are you doing it pretty much every time you run now? Not not every run, but every long medium to long run, I'm doing it, and uh, and whenever I'm doing a tempo run, I'll do it as well. Yep. So to give you an example, the other day I did a uh, a run around Hagley Park, um, which is about 20, 22, 23 minutes, and I'll yep. and I'll break that down. So if I'm doing a tempo run, I'll always break it down nine minute, one minute, nine minute, yep. one minute. Um, so yeah, should be doing it in a good portion of your runs. Great. For anything short, um, probably don't need to worry about it so much. Okay. Uh, Okay, and you also need to practice it mentally. Um, yeah, because how do you find that? I find it tough, yeah. so I find it a lot easier when Especially I'm... Especially when you see someone drive past you, you know, and you're doing the fast walk, eh? Yeah, so yeah. you need to learn um, to deal with people watching you power walking along. Yeah. And, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll be with it. But it is difficult yeah. when you're on a pavement and you're power walking along. Yeah. Easier when you're with a group, like the other day, whenever I take my boys out for a long run now, um, we do it, and uh, when you're in a group of four, you're walking along, you don't feel so stupid, probably look stupid, but um, you don't feel quite so stupid. So you need to, to, to get over that sort of ego side yeah, of things. Yeah, like a 10k race, would you do it? No. No, it's no. just too short. Even in a half marathon, for somebody at a faster faster speed, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, for, for, well, he did it in a half Ironman. So I'd do it in a half Ironman, yep. um, but in a half marathon, I, I wouldn't do just it. Lose too much time. You, I just wouldn't, wouldn't be able to go fast enough to recoup the, the time lost. Yep. So for me, a minimum, but, but I have had people, and I'll talk about that, who, who say 145 pace for a half marathon who do it successfully. Yep. But for somebody who's, say, like a, a 115 um, or below, probably 120 or below in a half uh, marathon fresh, uh, I don't think you can recoup your time back up. But happy to hear other people's stories. Um, now, on one of the key outcomes of the run walk protocol is I think you don't get bashed around from your longer runs. So there's obviously we've we've talked a lot about being faster in the in, in the actual race situation, but I think uh, in the training side of things, that's one of the critical outcomes is you're able to to handle those long runs a lot better, and that's going to mean you can train more consistently. It's mean going to mean you're fresher for your other training sessions, so it should have a bit of a bit of a snowball effect. And I think it also really helps to reduce the the, the risk of injury. Um, so, if you, it's huge, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you've heard so many people talk about in the past. Consistency of training is just the, the most important thing. And if you can do things to help that consistency, um, and reduce injury, injury is going to stop you straight away, isn't it? Mm. Okay. So, what else are we thinking? Uh, yeah, just in terms of your training intensity, you will need to adjust this a little bit because when you're in a race situation, you probably are going to be running, um, you know, you are going to be running uh, at, a, at a faster speed, so you just need to factor that into your training. Yep. Um, and the main thing is you always need to, you know, with any sort of training, you need to simulate that, uh, with any sort of racing pace work, you need to simulate that in training. So um, the more often you simulate, the better you're going to be in, in race situations. Uh, so, but one thing, have you got the strategy here? So one thing when you're actually doing it, you're saying that basically you're looking at the goal time and then you're taking away the time of your minute where you're going to be walking and then you're going to be training for the pace mm. of the goal time based on that. It is. So um, for most people, that means they're going to have to run a little bit faster than what they do. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for me, it's going to mean uh, for an for Ironman sort of split, I'll, I'll need to be running around about eight seconds quicker per, per K, yep. um, eight to ten seconds quicker per K, which I think is, uh, which, I, which I'm, I'm reasonably comfortable with. Um, <clears throat> but I think what you need to be careful of, and I think I'll have this down here as one of my warnings, is that you need to look at your past results, and ideally you want to give yourself plenty of time before you actually try this in an A race and trial it several times. So 
don't automatically think, oh, well, I've, I've, I've run a 4.30 in, a, in an Ironman before, but I think I can run a 3.45. Yeah. You've got to base it off um, realistic, realistic things. Yeah. So maybe 4.20 is a better goal. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is what I, um, you've actually led me into this point nicely. Oh, I did that. Um, really. I, I kind of thought about that. Whenever you're looking at a, at a race plan, especially for an Ironman um, or a half, is have a reasonably conservative plan for the first half, and, and time is a good good thing to work off um, so be a bit conservative once you get to about halfway and this is whether you're doing a marathon or an Ironman marathon um, or even a half marathon once you get to halfway then it's just then sort of go a, bit, a little bit based more on feelings still obviously look at your watch yep. and and keep an eye on time and use that as a bit of a motivator but you want to be careful not to sell yourself a little bit short you know if you if you um, are a bit conservative from halfway onwards it can cost you time yeah. so you know, throw, throw a little bit of caution into the wind once you get past that halfway mark if you're feeling great and you're finding it pretty easy. Yeah, and then for the last quarter, go for it. Eh? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Racing. Racing, when it comes to racing, um, you do need to start this from the beginning. Don't don't think, oh, I'll run the first half of the marathon and then I'm going to get into the nine you know, walk run. You need to start it from the beginning. Um, really and then mentally that's going to be tough, isn't it? Because you're going to... But what's like okay? So here's one thing: like Christchurch Marathon. When I did the Christchurch Marathon, I kind of stuffed up a little bit because I, I kind of thought they start the half marathoners and the marathoners at the same mm-hmm. time, and so I kind of thought I'll stand back, you know, maybe 15 meters from the start, and I probably shouldn't have because I would have gotten a good pack. Yeah, you do lose an advantage of running with the pack in a you marathon do. with that, don't you? Yeah, you you do you would um, you know because you know they don't pull you along and you don't have that. So there's there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to everything. I mean the the, <coughs> the disadvantages, yes, you're not going to be able to run the pack so much, and this is especially the case for the the faster guys. But then you know you've got an advantage that hopefully in that third um, the pack's going to blow third yeah quarter of the race the pack's going to blow and then you're going to start. Um, passing and mentally people. overtaking people and yeah. mentally passing people is just gives you such a big lift yeah. so yeah there is some there is some downfalls but um, you just okay. way yeah, out, but way if you're going to do it do it right from the start don't muck around yep. don't think oh halfway and that's easy to do in, in a triathlon situation yep. but in a fresh race it is a little bit uh, difficult yep. do some race um course reconnaissance um and so then you know in terms of when you're going to do the walk it might not exactly be say nine minutes on one minute off if you're doing a, a triathlon try to always or, or any race try to tie it in around aid stations so it may be that you end up walking eight minutes and uh you know running eight minutes and walking 30 seconds yep. to an aid station or you run 11 minutes and walk 30 seconds whatever but but try to tie it in around aid stations Would you try to walk on like if it's a kind of up and down course on the ups yep definitely on, yep. on the climbs um power walking and, and you maybe don't and with that your heart rate probably stays the same so you maybe don't necessarily count that as uh as you walk, as you walk okay. um because uh, you're probably going to be going a lot of the time you're going the same pace that you'd run be running anyway okay so course reconnaissance is, is pretty uh, pretty quick. In terms of coming through aid stations, my recommendations for most people is a little bit different to what Bobby said. Um, I recommend that people walk before you get to the aid station. Um, so so they bring the heart rate down and go leading into it? Yep. You get to the aid station, so as soon as you're coming in through the aid station, you can take things on straight away, and then you walk a little bit out the other side, and then you start going. Because you were saying grab your food, start walking, recover, and then eat, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no point carrying things when you don't need to, okay. so I, nice. I, that's what I recommend. Uh, and the run walk, you know, as mentioned, does help with your absorption of your food a little bit and just gets that heart rate down. Um, I think that's about all. Okay, I and you're also saying that. it's a little bit mentally easier if you're slowing down through aid stations and just stopping every nine minutes. Yep. Okay, nice. Other tips? Um, when you, Bevan sort of said, mentioned this just before, when you're doing mass start standalone races like a, a running race, yeah. um, it is quite difficult to, to walk you know, after nine minutes when you, you're fresh as a daisy and, every, and you're running with other people you know you can, uh, you can run with. So that is, that is a challenge you need to get over. And also in the really big races, um, you've got to have a little bit of a plan um, because you're going to get trampled if you start running along yeah, and then true. nine minutes yeah. in. And if you start walking. You know, 20,000 people racing in some of those big marathons, you're going to have to have a bit of a plan. So start on the extreme left or the extreme right, and you just have to make a judgment call. And make sure you, you turn stop. around and have a quick look before you actually yeah. start walking. Yeah. So if you can get up onto a pavement or something, but it, it is a tricky one and there's not an easy answer to that. Um, <clears throat> and with some feedback I got from uh, Elsa from Australia who did a half marathon, did a PB. Oh, right. um, she ran about a three or four minute PB using the run, run walk. She said that she got a, um, a bit of feedback from the other athletes when she started walking early in the race. They said, come on, run. You're only sort of nine minutes into it. Got, got that <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. So you're just going to have to deal with that and just, just smile at them and then, then run past them later on. And then, uh, one question I have is, is it for everybody? 
Well, I think for anybody over, say, a four-hour, um, probably even like a 3.30, 3.45 marathon split, I think uh, it, it would work for most people, pretty much everybody. Okay. Um, I would say at least 75% of the people that I see that do Ironmans, they have a significant fade in the last quarter, and I put myself in that um, yep, basket a lot of the time as yep. well. So I think for anybody who's had a fade in the, in the last quarter, it's worth giving it, giving it a go. Um, I have got some athletes who don't seem to have a fade, and I'm sort of tossing up, and those are guys who are faster athletes, yep. and I'm sort of tossing up whether it is going to be the best thing for them. So I think for the slow athlete, it's a no-brainer. For the guys that are, say, under 330, um, it, it requires, I think it's worth doing some investigation on. It's not the exact thing for everybody. Some of the feedback we have had, that, um, there is a little bit of negative feedback out there. I think it's when people don't do the walk fast enough. They say they lose their rhythm, and I think that's what... Yeah, the main if you're only dropping said, 10, then, yeah. you know. And I think with a lot of those people, they may well stop and just meander along and not actually keep the cadence up, keep the arm carriage up, and I think that's, that's the key thing to in terms of um, keeping your rhythm. Okay, so you've got some warnings here. What are the warnings we're going to actually be thinking about? Well, the main one is a lot of people think this is an absolute revelation. They just, they're just going, this is incredible, and, and they automatically Change think... Change my life. It's, they automatically <laughs> think it's just they're going to have a fantastic marathon. There's just, there's just, it's going to be going to solve the world's problems yeah so it still means you know you've got to do all the other training obviously yeah. <clears throat> you've got to get all that right you've got to get your nutrition right you've got to get your pace control and the swim and the bike right and you've got to have a sound nutrition plan yeah if you get all those things right and you do the training correctly then hopefully it should it should help but it's not going to solve all your problems if you go and ride yourself into the ground or if you don't eat anything on the bikes so it's um it's good and it should get you faster time but you've got to get everything else right as well Okay, and then what do we got here? You've got some other stuff. Feedback from um, Bobby on his uh, his book, the uh, which I've actually got a copy of, the one with all the running workout, the run workouts for runners and triathletes. Um, if you want to get that in Australia or New Zealand, you go to woodslane.com.au um, and they sell the sh- sell it through the states. You can also go to Bobby's website and you can also go to Amazon. He sent me a copy of the the, the workout book. I'm going to have a read through that and uh, give you guys some feedback on it. So far, it looks pretty good. Okay, we did get some feedback from it, and a guy Gary Gary, oh, I can't see that. Ditch. Ditch. He gave some feedback. Go to endurancebasecamp.com. I'll put I'll put a link on the website to it. He's got several articles up there. He's tried it. Uh, I think he's a for he's a, a while coach. too. Yeah. So he, he's been giving it a go. And then we also got some feedback from Andy Hoff, and uh, Anthony Hoff. Sorry, and he actually did. Uh, I'm in UK a few weeks ago and he was having a terrible bike, having a pretty crap day and thinking to himself, Jeepers, I'm going to really struggle on the run. So he thought to himself, I'll do the strategy. And he had, actually hadn't practiced the strategy leading into it, yep. did the nine minute on one minute walk and managed to pull off a 317 marathon. Mm-hmm. So that's a bloody good effort. Solid. Got second in his age group and qualified for Kona. And the, the Phil Nata who, um, yep. he did about a 316, 317 in New Zealand without even really realising about all the stuff, and he simply just walked at gauge station. So yep. it has been done by faster people, um, so I think it is... I would love to see someone like Mac or, or, or Crowley or one of the really good runners mm. try to, you know, like, they won't mm. because at this moment there's been, you know, it's A, there's the ego and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. it would be great to see someone like them try to pull off and see if it actually gets them to that, you know, because Bobby McGee mm. was talking, you know, low 30s. Well, I think in, for anybody going to Kona, I think the other added advantage that with that is it may well keep your core body temperature down and in control a little bit longer. And yep. that's a real danger in Kona is that that just gets out of control. And once you, you go past that point that you're in over overheating, it's it's quite hard to come back yeah, from. Yeah, your body's fighting just to cool itself down, isn't yeah, it? So yeah, so you've got to sort of stay below that threshold. And I think this may well um, help in terms of doing that. You know, it helps with your average heart rate keeping that um, keeping that down a bit. And I think it may well keep your core body temperature down as well. You're missing the water, aren't you? Yeah, I must be more. Okay, so if you want to send through some uh, feedback on that, feel free. We've uh, had lots of feedback. So, mm. we, yeah, great. Okay. Questions and answers. We've got quite a few here. Gerald Smith, uh, John's advice on spending the winter months concentrating on running while still maintaining some swimming and cycling. I've been running five to six times a week, mainly around 30 to 40 minute range, but I've also been slowly building up my long run every second week to two hours. Doing more hills, higher intensity, and the frequency of those shorter runs has paid massively, and I've already knocked off one minute per k of my typical thirty-minute running pace. That's pretty good. I'd like to knock off a minute per k. That'd be pretty I'd awesome. Be a world-class yeah, you'd be the best ever. <laughs> um, it got me wondering whether a training block like this, high frequency and focus on one discipline at a time, is good to do during the race build-up too, or is this just uh, consistent to all disciplines? Better. 
at that time. Uh, once you're in a race build-up, I mean, consistency year-round is, 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 is the key. Um, but once you're in a race build-up, it does need to be pretty balanced. Um, <clears throat> but you certainly want to break your year up. So when you're in that sort of final 12 to 20, probably 12 to 16 weeks, depending on, yeah, on the race distance. Yeah. Mixing yeah. it all up. Consistency is vital. Um, main thing is you need to um, program in your easier weeks. Uh, and I've lost my chain of thought here. Well, why, why the easy weeks so much? And how often should they be doing your easy weeks? About every third or fourth week for the easy weeks. Um, okay. And my other point was... And easy weeks not stop? Not stop, no. It's probably reduced your volume by about, about 20%, 20%, 20-25%. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you need to... Build a plan that incorporates building to an event so you go through training phases. Yep. Base strength, speed. speed. <laughs> I've lost my chain of thought. Uh, so Maybe it's, it's really to do with single discipline. Yeah. When you're just focusing on your running and running specifically over winter, you know, frequency and lots of short runs is good and building up your longer run. When it comes to um, your race build up, especially Ironman, you can't avoid the longer workouts. You know, you just got to figure out a way to, to get that long bike in, to get your long run in, to get your long brick in, and then you kind of got to, got to put it fill all the other gaps in with what you can do and so it's quite difficult for me to give a generic answer depending on your family situation yeah, yeah. and so on but unfortunately with with Ironman training you just can't avoid the long stuff it, d- it does need to be in there and so. it's important you get your long road brick in eh? your long oh, road yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay uh, next question from David Baxter did he mention that he loves the podcast yes he did and it's the first one he listens to every week so and he's got quite a few he's subscribed to so thanks here's a question for John Without an E Newsom, how do you decide how many of your seasons to sessions. do or sessions to do in your training plan? Given the ten percent rule, if you are starting out with very low volume, eventually it builds up to higher level. When should you start to think about splitting sessions or adding in extra sessions to the program? In general, rule of thumb is uh, your three sessions per discipline per week um, for for a moderately serious age grouper. For the elite age group, four sessions per discipline per week. Um, above that, it kind of depends on what sort of racing you're doing. If you're doing short course racing, I'd say five sessions per discipline per week for an elite age grouper. How long those sessions should be is going to largely be dictated by your um, your work, your family, and so on. Um, the reality is most people can only do you know maybe up to two hours um, once a day and maybe another one, one hour session in the morning. Um, so you're kind of a bit restricted. And then at the weekends is going to be obviously longer stuff. So... Yeah, as soon as you start getting above, say, about <clears throat> 10 hours per week, um, then you need to be doing uh, probably two sessions some days. Okay. Uh, good old Ben Skewer. Yeah. Score? The Running Man. The Running Man, that's right. Uh, he's basically wondering, he's actually got an idea for a discussion of the week, but we'll do it next week because we've got a great one this week. Cookbooks. Uh, <laughs> recovering from races or hard workouts, nutrition, fluids, exercises, e.g. stretching, yoga and walking, compression, clothing, hot tubs, ice baths, anyone using oxygen or any of those other sorts of things. What are the folks out there doing and to be successful in recovering from big sessions, basically? This is what I send through to most athletes when they ask this question, and this is um, what you do post-workout, um, post-really hard workouts or post-race. Um, number one, we can almost do this as a high eight. Okay, here you go. Number one, as soon as possible after finishing the race, get some fluid and or food into your system, and obviously that's uh, food that's high-carbohydrate food, uh, fluids, and some protein is ideal. Okay, number two, make sure you warm down an easy running of about 10 minutes or 15 minutes of cycling, 15 to 30, and that can be the end of your ride as you're riding mm-hmm. home or if it's been a race. Uh, you could maybe go back to the right back to the hotel motel where you're staying, um, and make sure you stretch as well. Definitely after uh, I'm going to add it on here um, after running races and tries, if you can to, uh, B and C races, if you can ride, you know, long, the longer the better. Yep. Um, up to, to you know maybe an hour and a half really helps your recovery. Yep. Number three, continue to hydrate and eat well as soon as possible. Have a plan. Ensure some good sources of carbs and protein are included. Um, and so I tell a lot of athletes to have uh, maybe post-race, have a little chilli bag in their car and they can go back there as soon as possible after the race and maybe have a protein smoothie. And, and you need to have a plan. Don't just randomly take things in. Yep. Uh, one thing that I really love is actually cold baths. And number four is that. Once you've warmed down and filled up, jump into the lake, the river, the sea, or a cold bath. And we've actually done an interview with Andrew Abercan on that a while ago. So... If you want to listen to that, but generally speaking, you really want to go for about 15 minutes mm-hmm. from your hips down. Yep. Number point number five: put skins, compression tights, etc., on if you have any, um, and it's a good idea to sleep in them if it's not too hot. 
Okay. But remember to wear some other clothes. Yeah, like exactly. somebody. And this Philonator's wife told me she's she's going to work on getting some photographic evidence. Oh, really? No <laughs> Do we want to put that on the no, website? No. <laughs> we won't get in China then, I'll tell you that much. Uh, number six, make sure you stretch. You know, and a good amount of stretch, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of stretching, getting the key muscle groups and really holding the stretch for at least 15 seconds or longer. Yep. Number seven, uh, later on in the day, when, once you're sort of uh, all chilled out, done all your po- the points above, put your legs up the wall for 10 to 15 minutes <clears throat> uh, when you get back to your home or your accommodation. Okay, number eight, continue to eat and hydrate well. Aim to get some good protein in, eat a smoothie with some protein powder, and avoid alcohol until the day after the race. Now, obviously, if it's your A race and you've had a huge time and you know you want to get on the piss after doing an Ironman, it's cool, but... It's cool. You know, it's but, not good for your recovery, but it is no, cool. But, um, yeah. And the, that... that Window of um, hydration, nutrition for, you know, for even for the 24 hours after the race is really important to, to, to overhydrate a little bit uh, and get all those good things into you. So um, David Nan Chambers actually sent through an email because recently we've been talking a lot about the deaths and uh, this woman actually here oh, yeah. she sent through another one saying how someone had died in a race in uh, somewhere in Asia not so long ago. So it's it's kind of prevalent at the moment and. He just basically sent through a research that there was an article in the New York Times saying that of the 23 deaths between 2004 and 2008, 18 of them were in the swim league and triathlon. Mm-hmm. A study done by the Minnesota Heart Institute Foundation, Minneapolis. Oh, sorry, um, found that 14 deaths of the 14 deaths, 13 were with the swim. So, and basically, most of them actually happen from heart problems when they actually in the swim as well. And that was from you know uh, 23 deaths from 922,000 participants and 2,800 triathlons in the US. No, no, nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yep, yep, so yep. there's a lot. Well, top, yeah. Autopsy reports of the six individuals who died during the swim league showed four had cardiovascular disease. The other causes were not known. Uh, they said that the swimming is the biggest risk of the three sport. They suspect that it may induce abnormal heart rhythms such as QT syndrome, an inherent condition found in one of the 2,000 people that can cause a heart, risk, a heart to skip a beat. So mm. when this happens, the heart electrical system can go haywire, which in turn causes sudden heart attack. Mm. So, mm. Very good. Yeah, which isn't really good. You're saying how one of the guys who, they interviewed a guy last weekend, did 1,500 metres in the pool in 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. It took an hour to swim in the sea. He was in a mess out of 1,000 people. No wonder the heart rate goes up. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. the, the, it's a kind of an intense time, isn't it? Simulate, simulate, simulate. Yeah. I've got a couple of quick things I've got here. Gavin Duffy. Yeah, I even had that down as well, yeah. Oh, did you? Yep. Nice. Good. Took two hours and three minutes off his PB. That's pretty solid. Quite proud of that. Yeah. That is pretty solid, that isn't is it? It is pretty solid. Um, What's the biggest gain you've ever made? Because you've always been an athlete. It'd be small, wouldn't it? I'm very big. Yeah. So my first Ironman was was about 9.25, I think. And my second Ironman was 9.03. Oh. So, so I went from 10.59 to 9.49. No need to show off. <laughs> no, that's the problem. I've never had big gains. No, in, in but any, you're an athlete. three sports. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Lennox actually sent her an email. Now, a while ago, we talked about a website for retro triathlon gear, and I, I couldn't find it, I can't remember it, but he's just wondering if anyone knows it, because he's setting up an old-school race Ugh. where you've got to use old-school bikes and old-school gear, and he's doing yeah. it as a fundraiser for some charity. I'm not sure which one it is at the moment, so that's cool. I've got to give Ed Hawkins a plug last week. I was meant to give him a plug for the Ironman, I mean, the UK team going for the World Course Long Tour Course Championships. All right. But I forgot. Okay. Uh, now, Richard Bainsey, I was talking about, now I've got to show you this. Richard Bainsey had a stag do last weekend. I talked about it on the show last yep. week, saying, hey, he's going to be having a stag do. So he sent me through a photo of what he was wearing in a stag do, and it's a little bit disturbing. But, John, it could actually be what you'll be wearing in Kona. Because some people have actually sent through some emails saying that a thousand bucks could be on the cards. Well, I'm not taking. Remember, it only has to be a thousand New Zealand dollars. No, but, 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 <laughs> what Belinda said when when I go home, she says a thousand US, isn't it? Said, no, yeah. no, it's a Bainsy. Look at this. I'd rather bloody wear that than a G-string. Really? Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. He's wearing one of the what is it, mankinis? Yeah. And he had to do a swim bike run in it, and really, you really want look at this photo. You really want to wear <laughs> <laughs> I've got his permission. I'm going to put it on the website this week. Snob's hanging it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so check that out on the website this week. It's uh, a beautiful thing. Very good. Very good. Um, John's run. I've got John's run here. I ran. We'll talk about that when we do our general, general updates. Okay. Right. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, sponsors. Oh, one other thing. 
Oh. Uh, we talked last week about my recovery process, how all my my, my uh, CEP socks and and oh, so yeah. on. Yeah. And there's also massage. I got a massage. So John Alice from Muscles Inc. in Christchurch. Nice. If anybody wants a massage, get twenty dollars off the next one hour massage if booked by the end of August. You got to quote I am talk. Yep. Nice. And that is for existing and uh, new customers. Twenty twenty dollars off massage. That is pretty good, isn't it? Go to musclesinc.co.nz and you can find out about it. And he's a really good therapist, so check him out. Okay, so we're going to go to Tribuys first this week, and Tribuys has got their summer sale, and it's still on! And there's some deals like, go, go to run, click on okay, run. I was, run. I was on here the other day. Run. And if you click on, I'm not thinking this is on all. Oh, okay. There's a 72 hour sale button you can click on. Where? Oh, no, no, go back to oh, run. Okay, I'm going to run. This is just what I saw the other day. Click on 72 hour <laughs> sale. Okay. And there's some gear on there that is bloody cheap. It's, it's cheap, John. It's, it's cheap. taking a while to come up. It's not you can get some mutant shoes. You can get some new shoes. Anyway, you click on the CD. There we go. Cheap gear. Whoa, that is cheap. Two times new 2008 hipster tri shorts. Are these girls or guys? These are I'm girls. Not sure. yeah. Okay, 12 bucks. We're 60 bucks. 80% off. Yeah, this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So, especially there's a lot of gear Depression on here. Depression shorts, these are men's, 40 bucks, 50% off. Yeah. So there's some uh, some bloody good deals on here. So get on there, click on the 72 um, hour sale. There's a lot of tri gear on there. Um, Soddy shorts, 30 percent off. Mm. Aero helmets, 40 percent off. It's a sale time because it's coming towards the towards the end of the season. And which is great, is if you're in the opposite season, mm. you know they're getting rid of all their summer gear. Yeah, because they're going to lead into winter. But if you were leading into summer, it's perfect. Exactly. And it's good, cheap stuff. It, it works for John and I because we're both cheap asses. Oh yeah, and this, it's good, they're good labels as well. So you know, you know, you're buying quality. You're not getting some complete yeah. rubbish. Yeah. You can get all, all sorts of things. There's every, everything's on there. Everything, John. Everything, even swim goggles. Swim top, goggles. top up your fifty percent off. Fifty percent off swim goggles. Everybody, you, 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 never, you, never, you never have too many pairs of swim goggles. You can't. You know what I do? What? I go lost and found. Oh. Yeah, I never actually had goggles. I just go lost and found. Sometimes you have to wear kids ones. That was yeah. a little bit annoying. Oh, I have to admit. Yep. Trybuyers.com for all your best try Get on there. Remember, $500 shipping. Coffees of Hawaii. I was actually on some weird day the other day. Actually, I've got pictures of Albert in my photo collection. Right. Don't ask me why. <laughs> so he's a good-looking man. Um, and, I was, and it's him on the boat in Kona. Okay. Uh, and I had to say, I just... Because I'm, I'm not going to swim before Kona. Mm-hmm. And how far will the boat be? I think it's at the... Oh, no, I don't know if it's at the turnaround. I don't think it's that far. I think it's maybe midway between the turnarounds, so you've got to swim. About a like, K? Probably a K to get there. Yeah, well, sip, sit back. I haven't swam at all since... No, I did I did two lengths of the fine. pool. Well, No, because you and I will go out together and you'll lay some smack down on me. Well, that's gonna and, be, and it's going to break just... my heart. I, go, I used to be all right at swimming. Sure, he was better, but I was better than this. <laughs> at least you know you can have a rest when you get there. There you go, there's a boat there. Maybe what we should do... That's not very far off of, off at all. No, that's, that's, that's miles the, That's off. the pier down here. Yeah, that's miles. That's 20k, I reckon. I see the sharks there. What we'll do, John, is because we'll have a few meetups in Kona, yeah. but we'll have the Coffees of Hawaii meetup at the boat one day. Okay, yeah, set time. Yeah, and we'll say we're going to meet at the boat at 11am or whatever time it is. Mm-hmm. Thursday morning, mm-hmm. and we'll make sure we've got all the good coffee there. Albert will be there, the good-looking man that he is. That's right. You like this idea? That's a good idea. He's looking at the clock because he wants to go for a bike ride. Oh, make sure I make the group. But anyway, um, remember to use, if you go want some coffee, use uh, the code IMTALK, uh, IMTALK, and you get 20% off. And if you're looking for some gifts, I've always got those coffee cups and T-shirts. Yep, love there. their work. Love their work. Um, we're going to go to athlinks.com, which is over here, actually. Now, I was on athlinks this morning, actually. I was checking it out, and I was noticing there's a new podcast, in which in the New Zealand group, Called Talk Multi Sports. So I thought I'd give them a bit of a plug because they're a bit, you know, Multi Sport. Haven't listened to it, but yeah, well, I couldn't find it. <laughs> they got private. They got a private setting, which is probably a cool thing that you can actually have a private group. But if you're if you're a podcast, don't be private. <laughs> you, yeah. you want people to know about you. Yeah. So uh, it's a weekly podcast, Multi Sport, covering all types of Multi Sport, in particular pedal bike run combinations. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's obviously a New Zealand thing. So talkmultisport.com. Okay. Haven't listened to it yet, but well, give there, it a go. there's no website because I went to the website. Oh, okay. And I couldn't find it. So do you go to iTunes? No. So mainly with, with uh, <laughs> I've, I've just added my uh, race from the weekend. I, I don't think I've got it up there yet, but I did. Uh, oh, so okay. Wait. Do we talk about this first. You've yep. just added your race. So if you want to add a race, it's very very simple. You go to the top. Uh, just scroll up the top. Are you going to do that right now, John? Scroll. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Here we go. Whoa. Top. 
Simple okay. top. Um, next to there's a blue go button. Just next to that, there's add a race. Add a race. Yep. Then you just basically put in all your details there. New Zealand, it'll, Canterbury, city. Yep. And then it'll take. It's literally probably took me, I'd say, three, three minutes. There we go. Oh, look at that, John! It's, it's up, up there. And I literally did that less than 24 hours ago. I did that probably about this time yesterday. Okay, 10K results. Uh, see, they haven't quite got the results oh, okay, scanned well, yet. They've okay. got the event up there. Great, but it's going to be out there very soon. So that's, pre- that's, pretty, cons- that's pretty solid. What to if get they that do up. that manually? Because there'd be a lot of work for the results I've got in there. That's right. But it's up there, and that's less than 24 hours ago. Right? Yeah, remember one thing I always say, but you can't say. If you're on their website, well, you can say, but they can't say, just click on the ad. I'm going to join the Navy, John. Join the Navy. Join the Navy. But anyway, so woman in the for Navy. you guys that are members of Athlinks, do keep all your, your results up there. It is a really quick process and it makes a whole. Because uh, oh, woman in the Navy. You, would you be turned on by a woman in the Navy? She's pretty hot, that one. <laughs> 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 he said yes in, in a different way. <laughs> and uh, so just really encourage you guys to get on there, get your results up there, and then you can uh, show how much faster you are than all your mates. And you can just also, it looks like a new thing on there, click to map your event. Oh, so you can actually and map We did that a while well. ago, didn't we? Yeah. And you just go on there. Map yeah, where the event is. Oh, that's great. I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. You're going to sneeze again, mate. You're right. Hold it in. Hold it in. Hold it in. Pull, pull oh, I did. Good work. High five on that one. Yeah. So, athlinks.com. Oh, that's, I'm going to get rid of that photo of Bainsy. <laughs> Bainsy, put that up on you. You can also add all your pictures up on your profile on Athlinks so, so we can see your ugly mugs. Okay. So, uh, anything else we need to quickly talk about? No. No. Oh, uh, if you're in Christchurch and you know someone who wants to do a half marathon, I've got a thing called Race Team, yeah. which is group training towards half marathons. We're going to be doing one for the actual, was it South Island half? Yeah. And uh, so go check out their website, www.raceteam.co.nz. Um, so you, so we're looking at the site now, the results. Yeah. I couldn't find the results. I hope they're not up there yet. And would you be happy that I could find the results if you were in it? Uh, my expectations were met, so I was. I wouldn't say I'm overjoyed with how I'm, where my current fitness is at, but given I've been back running for two weeks, so I did a 10k race at the weekend. Okay, so w- tell me about the course. Very hilly. Yeah. Um, so it's from Governors Bay to. It'd be good if they can actually add on profiles on athletes. Maybe oh, that's something for them to think about. Yeah. Um, maybe Lincoln would like map my trial or something. Yep. Anyway, it's tough, tough course. Interestingly though, so you're basically running along. We've got uh, one, two, probably about four, four pretty tough climbs on it. Not ridiculously long. Um, it's just kind of straight ups kind of thing. Straight so. ups. But it's an accurate 10k within about, say, 100 metres or so. The okay. times are very fast, though. Oh, really? So, like, um, I ran 34 or 30. Um, nice. And I'd say, well, we'll find out in two weeks' time, I'm doing a flat measured 10k where I'm actually at. But everybody was pretty much doing PBs and getting fast times because of the, the downhill running. Because oh. they were fresh, they are able to keep a good speed. And Andrew Black was saying, yeah, well, I think this, because we were able to keep a good speed on the climb and then really ramp it up on the downhill. And the downhills are sometimes a bit longer on that course. So you, you, it was a short climb, but you had a nice long down descent. Yeah, yeah. so um, times were quick, which was, um, I thought it was short, but we, we got a few people to measure it, and uh, it was an accurate 10K. So it was a handicap race as well. So you start off with your, your group. We had a group about eight or so. And I think I was third or fourth out of our group of eight across the line, but it's handicapped. And so when you're coming down the finishing, um, you know, 400 meters or so, you're just passing heaps oh, and really? heaps of people because it's, it's aimed for everybody to finish at the same so time. So you, you leave on, they say, John Newson, go. I was off 20, 25 minute handicap. Um, so I think they base it off, they started at 9.30 a.m. And I think they base everybody on finishing at 10.30. Yep. So that's and, and did most people come in around the same time? Yeah. I mean, I would say every majority of people would finish within, say, five minutes. They would have had, say, a five-minute finish. That's cool. I don't know Yeah. It's funny you say that, John, because I was talking to Slam I Am on Skype last night. Mm-hmm. And you see that trophy over there? You see that big, huge trophy? Oh, is that the one you cheated? No, right? no, because I actually won it properly. I, I right. didn't give it to me the first time, so I had to go and challenge for it. Yeah. And I'm going back to Brisbane next month for just for a couple of days for work. So I'm letting them challenge me for it, but I'm too good. That's the problem, John. And I want to give him a chance. <laughs> yeah. I'm too good. So we've made it a handicap race. Good. Yeah. And one guy's about 20 minutes ahead of everyone else. Right. So that's going to be interesting. The problem with this handicap race is it always seems to be the person off zero handicap seems to win. Because oh, they, 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 they tell a bit of false time, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No false uh, times. No false times. So what else have you been up to, Jombo? Uh, I think I had a couple of rants on a few things. I had a bit of swim rage the other day. Oh, give me a bit of swim rage, John. What is it with people? Who, <laughs> what is it, John? You know, in, in Christchurch, the, the lanes are allocated, the public lanes. I was swimming in a public lane, and they've oh. got, you know, friendly lane, slow lane, medium lane, it. fast lane. Do you hit them? 
Why would you get in the fast lane when you can hardly swim? Or if you walk. Yeah. Oh, a bit of swim rage I'm, going on. You get a bit more rage in your life than I do, John. I don't really yeah. have rage, but I have to admit, Centennial Pool, yeah. fast, was that the pool? No, it was a Q2. Oh, I get that rage as well, John. Yeah. Pull out the butterfly. That's why I stopped swimming. Oh, did right. you do butterfly, did you? Did they get the hint? Bit of the IM. Uh, yeah, we, well, are you gen- I am pretty good at clearing lanes, but it takes takes a little time. You got to tap their toes a few times, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. nice. You never rage. Other, there was some other rage. Uh, <laughs> people with bloody animals. Oh, animals. Dogs. Dogs. I mean, I'm foot fine for dogs. If you love your go, dog, it's okay. Check that time. Yeah, no, you're okay. right. because that's five minutes fast. Remember, rubbish. It's five minutes fast. It is. It is. Um, I understand okay, dogs talk. need to get out there and they need to get some open space. You've got to give them, keep them inside, but John. Why would you take dogs with them on an incredibly busy time of the night for running around the main running park in Christchurch? Main Higley Park? Yeah. And have the dog just jump all over somebody who's trying in the middle of a bloody moderately hard run. <laughs> you. I lost it. I just, Did you really? Yeah. Well, the dog. Did you book the dog? Was, was Would running, that be wrong? Well, no, the dog was as big as me, so I was a, bit, a little bit scared. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's running along. It wasn't on a lead? No, it was not on a oh, lead. Oh, that's not good the enough. The dog came running up to me. It's actually scary, isn't and it? And jumped on me, and I thought, all right, go away. And the other person, the lady's dog was, was running along. She said, oh, he'll be fine. I went, okay, and kept on running. And he jumped on me again, and I'm like, I, I used you, a bit of profanity. Did you? Yeah. And did she? What'd she say? She said, "Oh, it'll be fine. Just let, just keep going." And I'm like, "That's well, no, not fine." Yeah, no, I actually <laughs> don't like that because I I got bitten when I was a milk boy when I was yeah. younger. I got bitten by a dog. And a little kid told me to keep me. <laughs> <laughs> and so now when any, I'm not. I'm a little bit afraid of dogs. I have to admit. Yeah. When, when big dogs when they come at you because you just don't oh, know, yeah. do you? Yeah. yeah. So. We used to have a bull mastiff. And it's, his name was Fetty Bum. Yeah. Honestly, 60 kg. And, and it didn't really like me, eh? And it'd go at me sometimes. And I have to admit, I was pretty scared. <laughs> and I had one other item of rage as well, but I've forgotten it. Really? I like it when you get a bit of rage. Yeah, I'm yeah. your outlet. Got to get it ready for this bike ride. I've got to lay down a bit of smack now. So I'm about to head out from my. What are you on for this weekend? This weekend, uh, probably a bit more painting. I've been painting, painting some stuff in the house and some just general DIY. And then oh. the week after that, I've got another 10k flat measured Canterbury Champs, so I'll know exactly where my running's at. Where would you come to Canterbury Champs? Oh, don't know. There's not actually that many people that do it, so I'm out of. No, I don't know. Hopefully, I'll run about 34 and a half again. Okay. Satisfied with that. Yeah. Okay. Bevan, what have you been up to? Well, I haven't been up to much. I did enjoy telephone, I have to admit. Yeah. I did enjoy, I was into it. Yeah. I, I was loving it. My daughter was on TV. She was oh, actually really? on it, yeah. Oh, nice. Because she, her and her friends did this coin trail thing and they raised like 400 bucks. So I was nice. proud of my daughter and she was on for like five minutes. So that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's my daughter. <laughs> and then, uh, and then that was uh, last weekend, but I'm off to Australia oh, for nice. holidays. Nice. Joe and I, Joe's leaving tomorrow and I'm leaving on Sunday. Uh-huh. So she's got to work a little bit. So we're going to Adelaide. Nice. We're going to spend a few days in LA, then we're going to drive the Great Ocean Road right. back to Melbourne, and then we're doing some shopping right. in Melbourne, and come back high fashion. Right. You're going to be pretty impressed with that, aren't you? Very impressed. One thing that's really cool, actually, is that someone sent Phil Graves, the young guy who won Ironman UK, mm-hmm. an email from us saying, we want an interview. <laughs> I love that. So we decided we do. <laughs> so he responded to me saying, oh, yeah, I'm definitely keen. Thanks for emailing. And I was like, yeah, well, I didn't actually email, but thanks for someone who did that. So we're actually going to, for the next week's show, we're trying to hook up. We haven't actually confirmed yet, but we're trying to hook up an interview with him. I'm really looking forward to interviewing him because I think, you know, he was 20. Mm, it's very solid. It'll be interesting to see if he did hold back or not because people are going, oh, he's going to be the next Chrissy Welling, you know, he's going to be a yeah. superstar. And I'm like, well, with that time, he's good. He's, he's good. But you know, um, but then again, you look at that time split he did on that bike and in, mm. in the champs. Mm. He can go a lot faster than we did in that race. And he may have just been yeah racing to win uh, yeah. and just conserving. But we'll find out. Yeah, but other than that, John. Yeah, that's pretty much the, the dollars up high, which I'm loving. You really, I'm not. I don't like that. Oh, because you get paid no, but when yeah. you go overseas, yeah, yeah. No, we want the dollar to crumble again. Recession's over. It is over, it isn't looks it? Looks like it's over. I'm in the Shear Club. <laughs> over the Shear Club, I go to. I've got yeah. my meeting tonight. Actually, we're up thirty percent. Really? Yeah. Oh, my Kiwi saver's not up thirty percent. Oh really? Who are you using? Do you use Gareth, Gareth Morgan? Morgan? Same. Yeah. yeah. Did you go? Did you go? What I, did you we aggressive? I, I started aggressive. <laughs> Went down. <laughs> you got conservative I'm, I'm going in the middle. I was, wasn't liking their aggressive approach. <laughs> I've gone aggressive, but I think I've started a bit of time. I'm hoping. No, right, yeah, we're gonna retire. Right, here we go. I'm Russ. I'm Midnight. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.